Praise God. If you would turn in your Bible with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Now, this is amazing. We're going to go back and catch. <laughs> it's not that amazing. A series that we've been in on what could you do if you were not afraid. So, I thought that, you know, you could go 100 miles on this what could you do? What are the potentials of what you could do if you were not afraid? How many of y'all want to do more than what we're doing? We want to do more. And it could be, it could be that one reason that we don't do more is that there's some sort of area that we're not comfortable in. We have not mastered that. Well, the challenge is, is to master it, not to evade it and go around it. We are we are endeavoring to not live out of our personality, but to live out of faith. Some people are shy. That's their personality. They've always been, they are, and they, they probably will be. But we cannot live out of our personality. Amen. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Let's see where we are here. 815. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Ye have not received the bondage again to fear. Ye have not. Ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Boy, there's a lot there in there that uh, tells you about fear. That it's bondage. And it's a spirit. But... Ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So fear is something that we, we are actively opposing, it having a grip in our life. Sometimes during a very traumatic experience, people open their heart, open their, their soul, actually, to fear. And it, it marks them. Uh, Hebrews 2, let me just read this one to you. Hebrews 2, 14, because you know this one. That, though, that through death he might destroy them, him that had the power of death, that is the devil. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear of death, fear of dying. It's, it's rampant. And what amazes me is it's rampant among Christians that are well grounded in heaven. They know heaven's wonderful. They know Jesus is there. They know everything good, everything better than life is there. And yet it says, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We break that in Jesus' name. We take authority over the fear of dying. We are not afraid of dying. Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6 says, He hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Why? So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. There's another fear. Another aspect, the fear of dying and then the fear of what man shall do unto me. 
So if you've ever heard a story about somebody doing something to somebody that was unspeakable, broke into their home and had a gun or just, just things about what men can do. And we've been in this policing thing, defund the police or, or whatever that's whatever. We don't have to live under that and deliver them, deliver us who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. And then I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Let's say that together. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Let's do that one more time. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So then you have to say, I'm fearless. I'm fearless. Well, what, what makes you afraid? Nothing. I'm fearless. There's all the phobias. You can look it up and it's a long list. Fear of heights. Claustrophobia. Fear of being in an MRI. And it's a booger for some people to be in a, is that what you call them, MRIs? Yes. You know, the tube and you stay in there. And I've talked to people that are just, just petrified of going in there. Well, they won't go. They have to go somewhere where it's open and all that. Um, I personally don't want to go caving. Uh, one of my brothers was a spelunker and he would cave. I, I, don't, I don't like that. But I'm, you know, I could be in a submarine. A lot, a lot of people can't be in a submarine. But, you know, so I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Then Hebrews 10.38, would you turn there with me? Could have turned to all these. They're all right there together. Ten, Hebrews 10.38. What could you do if you were not afraid? Well, you ought to go to heaven with a resume and said, I did everything I could because I was not afraid. May not have opportunity. May, that may have cost $2 and I just had one. Or, uh, you know, my mother didn't feel good and I couldn't go do that. But otherwise, I was not afraid. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. Now the righteous shall live by faith. We, that's who we are. Therefore, that's what we do. But then he said, but, but. What does it look like if you don't live by faith? What does the other side, what's the opposite of the just shall live by faith? What, what's the other side? Well, they don't live by faith. Well, what does that look like? But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That's pretty stout for the Lord to say, if you draw back and you don't live in faith. The Lord Jesus got Peter after he's walking on the water. And he began, he's, the word says he saw the waves boisterous. And the Lord Jesus picked him up, put him back in his place and said, oh, ye of little faith. It's, un, it's, it's not good to not live by faith. It just means this isn't in the headlines of our life. So we'll read that one again. It says, uh, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back. The word there is hesitate. It, it also goes to the other side of unwilling. If any man be unwilling to live by faith, my soul, the Lord said, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The Amplified says if he draws back and shrinks in fear. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. 
excuse me, uh, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. The passion, verse 38 and 39 said, my righteous ones will live from my faith. How about that? My, God said, my righteous ones will live by my faith. But if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. So it's not near as optional as most Christians make it. And then it says, verse 39, but we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life and experience true life. He said, we are among those who have faith and experience true life. You cannot experience true life without faith. Fear will keep you out of the wall or the door or the room of experiencing true life. So what could you do if you were not afraid? You could experience true life. So if you're in fear, you have never experienced true life. Would that be right? Or we don't mess with the scripture. But he said, uh, <laughs> he said, we certainly are not those who are held back by fear and perish. What does perishing look like? We are among those who have faith and experience true life. So we got to press, don't we? We're pressing. So what could you do if you were not afraid? You could experience true life. How many of y'all know we're on the road? Every day we do better. Every day we rise up and say, I'm not putting up with that another day. I'm not putting up with this another hour. I'm not going to go the way I always have gone. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to live true life. I'm going to live true life. So it's not the American dream. It's not what the government does. It's not how much money you have. It's being fearless. We've got to be fearless. So what we do is every service we come together and every time you get in your word and every time you listen to Curry or somebody like that, it strips a layer off of us of fear. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is revived. Faith is stimulated. Faith arises by hearing and hearing by the word. And so there's an atmosphere here, especially that if we if we dip in it twice a week. You know, you you know, going to school that the summertime, the kids lose, they say, about a fourth of what they had and they have to be reloaded. So you only get about a half a year of net progress based on that. I don't know if that's true or not, but certainly there's some degeneration from that. Well, the more that we just stay in the word and stay in an atmosphere of faith, the easier it'll be. Turn with me to Acts chapter four. I'm almost through. Almost being the operating room there, word there, hallelujah. Acts chapter 4, let's look in verse 29. So important for us to live above fear. What could you do if you were not afraid? What is the potential of your life? Every year we live in fear, we lose the potential, the capacity, the opportunity of things that could have come into our life that we could have lived above, things that we could have enjoyed and embraced or procured for others if we had not been fearful. It says in chapter 4, verse 29, And now, Lord, 
Behold their threatenings. This is the disciples. And grant unto thy servants. So here's a prayer. Is that right? He's praying here. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Wow, that's a different approach. You know, Lord, take the boogeyman away. Lord, take the, take the mean people away. Lord, take the, the, the devil away. Lord, they said, no. Lord, we're asking you for boldness so that we can do it. That with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord Jesus. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. So why would anybody say, I, I'll be baptized in the Holy Ghost if I don't have to speak in tongues? Well, you don't have much understanding, do they? And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. We're just looking at the evidence of praying for boldness to speak the word. This is what happens. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Well, what was happening there is this this thing broke out, broke out in Jerusalem and everybody that had come to the feast, they would come so many days, they'd have provision for that and then they'd go home. Well, they were staying over, weren't they? They were getting saved. They were staying over and so there was a need to feed all these people that didn't bring that provision. And so the Lord just raised it up through these people to do that. So I wrote down the difference that they made there. I wrote down four words. On the left side of my column is initiate and participate. Initiate and participate. Initiate and participate. And the other side, the weak side, was spectate and hinder. Spectate and hinder. So, you know, there's a, when you go to the ball game, go to the football game, the basketball game, it's our team. And we win and we lose, even though we didn't put our little toe on the deck, on the field. On, we didn't put a helmet on. We didn't touch the ball. But we won. And we'll, you know, and those LSU people or those Auburn people or wherever that are around us watching the game, you know, and they say our guy got, he fouled and nobody called it. And they said they want to carry on. Well, what is their offense? Well, that's me down there. Even though none of them are down there. We're all in the stands. We, we have no dog in the race. And, and, uh, uh, and yet we identify with that. Well, we identify with the things of God. Where we, we take on him because he's taken on us. So the, you, can, you can spectate. You can just watch what's happening. Or you can get down there and. Take hold. I wrote down initiate and participate. 
The hardest thing I have found, or one of the most challenging things I've found in all peoples, but even in the church especially, is that we're spectators. And some people so spectate that they actually hinder. Matter of fact, they, 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 they slow down the move of God. They, they speak against it and say, whoa, let's settle down here. Let's not get in a hurry. Let's decency and order is the byword here. And, uh, you know, we don't want to get out there and cause something that we can't stop and all that stuff there versus to initiate. Not just flow with what somebody else brings in, but to initiate. Initiate where it's not like we're always reacting to something that's negative or something that's potentially a problem. But everything's fine. We got up. We feel good. Every, everything's working. We got money for that day. Uh, we're, 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 we're having a great life. And we just sit around and think, I'd like to kick a little devil butt today. I wonder where that would be. I think I'll call around and see if anybody's having troubles so I can get in the fight. Now, that's unheard of. That's just completely not in our operations. But how many of you all agree that's what was exactly what happened in Acts chapter 4? They said, Lord, behold their threatenings. We want to we we load our gun and go out there and, and take some shots in the Holy Ghost. And the word says God liked it. And he started pouring out. And it so affected everybody that suddenly, suddenly they had a move of God. Not over everybody praying all night, although they did pray and not over them saying we want a move of God. They mostly just wanted to 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 put the gospel out. And they said, Lord, I like this. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that we may speak thy word. That's the key, don't you think? If it's not the key, it's a key to speak the word with boldness. What would you do if you were not afraid? That's the question. What would we do? What would I do? What would you do if you were not afraid? If they said tomorrow evening about sunset, the Lord Jesus is coming for you. Well, we'll put it in that light versus you're going to lose your head or, you know, something, you know. We'll just say the Lord says, I, I'm coming after you tomorrow evening. What would you do? Well, I, I'd try that new lemonade drink they have at Sonic. That's what I'd do, you know, or, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd go get me a new horn for my truck and see how that thing, I've always wanted one. That's not what we'd be about. And so we don't have to be wild-eyed and radical to say the end is near for people to get motivated. Uh, Joe Morris talks about a hustle theology, the two-minute theology there. Um, so you have this, this spectate and hinder perspective versus the initiate and participate perspective. And maybe that's, maybe that's living out of personality. That we really, like Mark Brzee used to say, that's not my style. But it's nobody's style, really. Unless you're just somebody that's, you know, a motor mouth and just just all over everything, just very dramatic and very high end and very 
very activated and whatever like that. And then sometimes they have other troubles. And so you never know about them. Uh, so they're living out of their personality. But Hebrews, what did Hebrews say? He said, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, he said, it's not an option. It's not like there's different kinds of personalities. Some participate, some initiate, some draw back. I'm good with all of them. No, he didn't say that. He said, if any man draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Ah, that's not a good place. We, we do a lot of work and a lot of, of, of directing of ourselves to get into the place where the Lord likes us. And I, I don't mean likes us, but I mean where, where, where things, we're on his page. We're in agreement with him. And everything is like, whatever you like, Lord, I like it. If you don't like it, Lord, I'm against it. We, we work on that. So if we just fail to be an initiator, he, he doesn't care for that. And then you come up with, the, we, we read about it in our book on Monday night. And this is what sparked me. The sin of omission versus the sin of commission. That we know if someone kills somebody or lies or steals or whatever, we know that's a sin of commission. They did it. But then we, we all would think, but if I didn't do something or if I don't do something, maybe that's okay. But the sin of omission, where's it, what's the scripture? Anybody can think of the scripture that goes to that? That's it. Did y'all hear that? James 4, 17. He that knows to do good and does it not, for him it is sin. Uh, the Passion Version says, Listen to this. Y'all just listen to this. So if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet thou refrain from doing it. If you know, then you're guilty of sin. So I looked up that word knoweth. If you knoweth to do right and you don't do it. So what does knoweth mean? And it means to see. So if you see to do good and you don't do it, the Lord puts your little checker over here on the side of he draw, that you've drawn back. We're not trying to get serious here, but let's play with all 52 cards so that we don't come up at the end. Oh, it also means to be aware. So if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you know Jesus is a healer and you know these, these hands are healing hands. And this mouth is an oracle of God. I can move the mountain with this tongue and these teeth. Nothing is impossible. It also means to understand to do good. So if we have an understanding to do good and we don't do it, we just let it ride. I didn't see that. Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, I, I didn't notice that. Uh, I don't understand that. No, he said, you know, you see, you... Uh, are aware and you understand. He said, it's sin. Sin is just simply missing the mark. In other words, we're commissioned to do it, but we, we, don't, we don't volunteer. We don't, we don't fall in. So then we live an ordinary life. This Acts 4 chapter, it does not hit us. We, it, 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 somehow the river goes around us because we know to do good and we don't do it. Even though we're pure as the driven snow, we don't lie, we don't chew, and we don't run around with the girls that do. 
sort of, you know, like that. Hmm. We're sharpening up. We call it in West Texas, we call it tweaking. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that comes from here. But anyway, we're, we're chinking in. We're, 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 we're getting it just right. When it's not quite level, you go over here and you just keep working with it and, and put, a, put a wedge in it until it's just right. That's what the Lord wants us. Because the devil is a legalist and he will accuse the brethren of anything, even how insignificant. So... Uh, the kingdom blessings that we want, that we read about, we go, well, what does it take to get those in my life? I'm not, I'm not doing bad things. I'm doing the best I can, and I'm really on this. Oh, it could be that we're afraid of stepping out of our path because good enough might be good enough. Just something to think about. You remember the Pareto Principle? Anybody know what that is? It's the principle that says that 80% of everything that's done is done by 20% of the people and that 20% of the people do 80% of the work of the economy. I don't know how I said that, but that's how it is. 20% do 80% of the work and the rest of it gets kind of slogged around and thrown under the rug and, and done by the vast uh, uh, majority of people. So... What are those 20 percenters? What would you call them based on what I just said? They're initiators. It's not like they're the only ones that have a brain. It's not like they're the only ones that, that know it needs to be done. But they're initiators. They're participators. They're like, let's get it. Let's do it. And that's in the world. Pareto is in the world. But it's born out in the scriptures. Three out of the four types of soil were no good. And it's on and on. There's all sorts of things. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, and everything like that. Uh, but I got a scripture here, and I am almost done. It's in John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I want you to turn there, please. What could you do if you were not afraid? What is your potential? What is your capacity? What you do is what enlarges and determines the size or the measure of your capacity. In a clutch, when you need to rescue somebody, if you've never done that, if you've never stretched, if you've never improvised, if you've never been a participator and an initiator, most of the times you will fail to rescue someone that needs rescuing. Because all of a sudden, the only time that you've been interested or someone's been initiating that is when there's danger, when there's loss of life potential. But if it's just like, they'll make it whether I help or not. Won't be as good, but they'll make it. It's not serious. We don't stretch. We don't grow. We don't increase. So we increase by initiating. No one's sitting around saying, look at that bad man. He did not help them. They did an interview, I uh, saw a video years ago, an interview for a real big job. And they, they had it, it was on the corner of a, of a city, there was a building there, and they purposely put a, uh, a trash can right next to the building, and right in front of it, the door, there was, what was there? It was a piece of trash of some kind, a significant piece. 
that was going to, everybody was going to see it that came in. And they, they videoed it to see if anybody would stop and pick it up and put it in the trash can. Just a good citizen. And almost all of them walked right by it. They hired the one that picked it up. They didn't say, can you type or can you, can you? they said, you're hired because of that character, that capacity, that initiating. Well, that's exactly what Matthew 25 talks about. He who hath to him more shall be given. The guy with the one talent hath, but he didn't use what he hath. Therefore, the word says he hath not. Just because you have it doesn't mean you have it. You only have it when you use it. It wasn't like, I didn't have anything, Lord. I didn't have anything to work with. Yeah, you did. You had one. And you were a one-talent man. And he who hath not, even that which he hath, shall be taken away. And it says something about wailing and gnashing of teeth or something like that. <laughs> so it's a negative, whatever it was. So we have to, we have to, we, we cannot be satisfied to say, I got the gospel to work. I got money. I got health. I got, you know, we, we, we're doing good. All my kids, I, I, they all like me and everything like that. That's not it. Hath and hath not is inside. So in John chapter five, got to get this. Uh, verse 20. The Lord Jesus himself. This is good. For the father loveth the son. And showeth him all things that, him, that himself doeth. Now, think about that. The father showed the Lord Jesus as a son the things that himself doeth. Wouldn't you like to be in that movie? Wouldn't you like to look in there and see what the father, the creator, was showing his son that he doeth? I, I don't really know what that means, but... And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. He will show him greater works than these. So he showed him and then he said, I'm going to show you some more. And I'm going to call what I'm going to show you later greater works. How great, Lord. You will marvel. Isn't that what it says? So there's a key here. It'd be real easy to pass by this and just say whatever, whatever. But there's a key here. For him that has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him understand. If you can, if you can break this down and just make an adjustment to say, what could I do if I was not afraid? Well, I'm afraid of running out of money. Well, I'm, I'm afraid that cancer is getting... Is getting one out of three or one out of four, and I'm afraid that that uh, I'll lose my job. They're laying them off everywhere. Whatever you're afraid of makes you a hath not, and even what you have then will be taken away. So these people never get ahead. They never get ahead. They never figure it out. They cannot initiate anything because they've drawn back. You know what Hebrews said. He who draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So if you draw back, you never get into the things that the Lord has prepared for them that love him, says in Corinthians. 
You, you have to take a step of initiation. You have to take a step of participation. You have to step out there beyond the what will be will be good enough is good enough. It's not. It's not static. It doesn't remain the same. Even that which he hath shall be taken away. So they never get ahead. They never figure it out. They never get on top of it. And they live a languished life. But look in John 14, verse 12. Right there you are. I'm going to have to quit telling y'all that I'm almost through. <laughs> 14, 12. Ah, look at this. Look at this. This is, I'm just, I've been excited all afternoon about this. Verily, verily, truly, truly, this is the, this is the way it is, the Lord Jesus said. I say unto you. So whatever follows that is real important. He that believeth on me, the works, the miraculous works, the supernatural works. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about putting his plate in the dishwasher after supper. The supernatural works that I do shall he do also. Okay, right there, that's us. The supernatural works that he does, we will do also. So that's good. That's normal. Y'all say amen. That's normal. That's, he's just saying, yeah, this is how it is. When you cut a tree down, it falls. The works I do, everything I'm doing is a demonstration, is a testimony, is a pattern for you. So you'll say, well, what is it, Lord? Well, watch me. I'll show you what I do. I, the blind see, the, the, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed. But then he goes on. I mean, a great big period right there would have worked really good. But then he says this. And greater works than these, than the normal, everyday, routine, supernatural works, the miraculous, greater works than these shall he do because I go unto the Father. And then he said in verse 13, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, the word there is a demand in other places, that word, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So the Lord wants us to demo this. It's not about me getting healed. It's all about demoing who Jesus is. And we demo him and we say, this is what Jesus does. And I'm doing it with him and for him. And he, you can do it too. And if you'll stand there for a minute, we'll do it for you. So you'll know that what he does is good. In verse 14, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So works are normal and greater works are the result of not being afraid. It's the initiator, the participator. Greater works comes to that man and that woman. If you're waiting back in the back of the, of the room and saying, I, I'm going to watch this for a while. Well, we never get through watching. We say, I, I'm going to watch it. And as soon as I see it, I'll be in. But they're not in. They just keep watching. We don't want to be that church. Y'all say amen. Now, that way we'll just think everybody's in. We don't want to be that church. We really want to go to heaven saying, I got me a piece of that while I was down there. I didn't come up here saying, you know, all my friends up here are going to know. I didn't believe. I, I drew back. I was afraid. And all the things that I could have done that I, I, 
if I hadn't been afraid, I never did road test them. I never did do it. I never would ask that lady, can I pray for you? I never would speak to the mountain of lack that was coming after my future. Just wouldn't do it. Would never be bold to just testify. I just want to, I want to just tell the Lord like we did the other day. I, I got healed on, on uh, March 5th. Just never, never would step over that line. So I'm challenging all of us, but I'm only using scripture. I am not exhorting you or, you know, cheerleading you. Just do what Jesus said and we'll be there. We're not afraid to give. We're not afraid to speak. We're not afraid of persecution. We're not afraid of being obnoxious. We're not afraid. Because people saying, you know, he sure is obnoxious. She, she, is so, she is such a drama queen when she tells about Jesus. Well, all that stuff will fade when we get on the other side. All, that you don't carry that with you on your heavenly resume. That gummy was obnoxious. Doggone, she was a drama queen. And, and all those people she helped, forget that. It was her way that was no good. No, it's the way that is good. So uh, we're, not, we're not afraid to demonstrate the gospel. What could you do if you were not afraid? Well, I'd demonstrate the gospel. Well, where? Well, just with people I know and people that don't really have a need and people that won't look down on me and people that, no, you're just going to have to go after all of them. And they'll criticize you roundly. And they'll, they'll, they'll try to, they'll be offended and tell you, I am so offended. And you're just like, but I'm not afraid of you. So we're going we're gonna to go right, we're, ah, we've got six minutes, I'm perfect. Acts chapter four, we're going to go back and we're going to read it together. Is that all right with y'all? We're going to read Acts chapter four because that's who we are, it's what we want, and it's what we do. Acts chapter four. It's in here somewhere. Yes, it is. Let's go to verse 29. We'll go until we get tired. So what about your life? Everybody in here likely don't want to pigeonhole you, don't want to stereotype you, but likely there's some area of reticence, of hesitation. We'd call it fear. You just don't want to do that. Not because you can't, maybe because you don't have experience, but that would just be fear because you don't want people to, to see you in your first time doing something. And so you're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be, I, I want to do it with nobody around. Well, you didn't do it if nobody's around. <laughs> you know, it, it, has, it has to be. It has to be under the worst conditions, people are going to watch you. But I'm telling you, in River Church, we're in love with one another. It seems that way. And we, we can take a chance. So if we say, ah, we're going to throw a dart out there, and wherever it lands, they're going to sing a special music. Now, that's scary as it can be, you know. Or we're just going to have you lead prayer. Well, what if I don't say it like you do, Pastor? Oh, yay. You see what I'm saying? 
We ought to all come in there on Sunday with testimonies. Pick me, pick me, pick me. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying there's a, there's a bar that we can see and we want to go there. So Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Let's, let's just read it together. I'm in King James. Do the best you can. Ready, read. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul and neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Well, we could go on. But that's the truth. What could you do if you were not afraid? So right now, let's take authority over fear in our own lives. Let's just take authority over it. Who, who's going to do it? Well, I can't take authority over the fear that's in your life. Because it'll just come back and you'll take it. Is that right? So you have to, but we can do it together. I don't want to be afraid. I sure don't want to be afraid of what people think. Because it doesn't change anything. You just don't know how many people don't like you already. You don't. They're not, they're not near as proud as you, of you as you think. And they'd cut, they'd, they'd cut your liver out in a moment. Well, I mean, rhetorically speaking. They, they have no use for you, and they despise how you are and the, the dreams that you have. So since there's anybody out there that's like that, as sweet as we all are, can you imagine that they don't like us? As sweet and kind and well-meaning that we are. But there are. Every one of you have somebody that does not like you. And I, I got a list of people on me. So since there's anybody, why do you care if anybody else joins in? So we're just, gonna be, we're just not going to be afraid. We're going to be bold. We're going to be fearless. And if it stacks them up a bunch more, one, come all, or all, come all. So we're not afraid. And failure is the road to success. You step out there and it didn't go like you wanted. You know, some Sundays I go home and I just shake my head and went, oh, that wasn't it. I mean, I got a lot of it and I did hit some things, but I, I don't please myself. And I, I'm fearful, if that's a word, that I don't please the Lord. But, you know, you just have to suck it up and put it away and repent if you should, if I do, and then just say, I'll be back. Because y'all are real little kind. You're, nobody's just saying, that's a bunch of junk. Where'd you get that mess? Well, y'all are very kind, but I know, and you know. You know when you mess up. You know when you say things with your foot in the mouth. So, so since none of it matters, let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. Wouldn't you hate to go to heaven and say, Lord, I was one of them that didn't go for it. He said, you'd have liked it if you had have. And I, I know he's going to say that, so I'm going to do it. So say this after me. In the name of Jesus, 
I take authority over every kind of spirit of fear that's been launched against my life and that I've incubated all my life. I hate you. I resist you. And I cast you out. You are not a part of my life. I am of faith and I live by faith. And I live above fear and beyond fear. Lord, we ask you for boldness. Boldness in our speaking. Boldness in our standing. And boldness in our pleasure to you. I am fearless. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Lord. We are fear free. So when he tries to come back, and that's what it has to do based on what we just said, it has to come back. It's gone. It has to come back. It will try to come back. You know it will. But we'll recognize it. We'll say, ah, I see you trying to get back. But I'm fearless. I'm fear free. And so in the name of Jesus, I resist you now. Be gone forever. We have a changed life right here. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Woohoo! Yes, Lord.